And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Spin Rate, the Athletics Toronto Blue Jays podcast. My name is Drew Fairservice, and we're talking about your skidding Toronto Blue Jays. I'm joined, as always, on Mondays by the Athletics Toronto Blue Jays writer, beat coverage expert, Caitlin McGrath. Caitlin, how are you? I'm good. I'm better lying. than food. I'm, You're no, lying. I'm, I'm fine. I'm <laughs> fine. It's uh had a good sleep last night. Actually, I kind of couldn't fall asleep at first, but sometimes that happens to me when I end up like sort of writing later, which mm. is like basically my whole life. <laughs> so sometimes I'm like wired. Uh, and yeah, I've also yeah. been like binge watching Stranger Things lately like the newest season i was a little Mm. bit behind and i kind of forgot sort of what had like happened because the other previous seasons came out you know such a long time ago um that i was kind of re-watching some of the earlier seasons to be like reminded of what's Mm. happened in this series Mm -hmm. um and so then i've started finally started the newest season season four um and it's quite a bit I don't know if you watched it, uh, and this is no spoilers, but it's quite a bit, like, um, scarier, I guess, as the kids sort of, like, age. Sometimes shows do this. Like, as sort of the kids age in the show, they can sort of, like, up the scare level a little bit. Not to say, like, it's not, like, a horror necessarily, but it's definitely mm-hmm. creepier. Um, I feel like it's a lot creepier. Um, so that's that's where I'm at. <laughs> I haven't um I watched the first season and then that was it. I was like that was fun, I guess. It's cute. This whole thing's kind of cute. Um I do like that it has thrust uh, Kate Bush and then um Ma- Metallica Master of Puppets like back into the lexicon. Like it is yeah. like very much at the forefront of the of the cultural conversation right now, which is good because Master of Puppets is one of the best uh heavy metal songs ever recorded by a human being. So more people should be talking about that about Master of Puppets at all times. But that's not what we usually talk about here on Spin Rate. We usually talk about the Blue Jays, which is what we're going to do today. If you want to subscribe to the show, which we record twice a week, once on Mondays, me and Caitlin talking about what's going on with the latest and the greatest. And later in the week, me and Ricky Romero, former Blue Jays, all-star starter, Cy Young vote receiver. We talk about, well, the Blue Jays as well, but with from Ricky's perspective, which is a little bit different. Subscribe to the show. Give us a rating and a review. Subscribe to The Athletic at theathletic.com slash spin rate, as you know to do. Read everything that Caitlin writes about the Blue Jays, which is a lot these days because, oh boy, what's going on with the Blue Jays? That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about what just happened. They got swept. They had a terrible, abysmal road trip. What's going on with the Blue Jays here in the first half? What's the, sta- what's the status of the, of the panic index, concern index, I guess I should say? Concern? Concern. And we'll talk a little bit about the All-Stars as well, because there will be some Blue Jays there. Undeserving, ungrateful sods as they are. But let's start in Seattle. Caitlin, 
Uh, things aren't good in Blue Jays land right now, and the weekend was a bit of a microcosm of what it is that isn't working for the Blue Jays. Um, right now, it's suddenly the offense is not a strong suit of the Toronto Blue Jays. And I think, as you and I were talking off off air, at one point, they sort of just ran out of pitching, which is uh, not something you like. They... You know, there were there there could have been if a few different bounces or maybe a ball that doesn't go clearing through the first baseman's glove. Um, we have a bit of a different conversation about the things that did work out well this weekend. About Alec Manoa's amazing start, about Max Castillo stepping in nicely, about uh, just the Blue Jays sort of uh, getting away with one, but they didn't get away with a single damn thing this weekend. And now people are out for blood. So I don't know. What's your sense of like what's going on with the Blue Jays? What happened? How did they manage to lose four games in a row to Seattle? Right, and like they also lost two games to the A's, which yeah. uh, I assume that you and Ricky touched on in your midweek pod. Um, but just looking at you know a week ago, you and I both sat here and thought this was an opportunity, a pretty um, a pretty decent chance for them to go on the road and um, have a winning road trip, or you know come away from it going four and three or something you and I like both that said five and two five we and said two. five and two yeah and I said that it was doable um especially um in at that time thinking that they would sort of be able to steamroll the ace as you would expect them to be able to do but maybe it was somewhat um you know naive of us to think that crossing the continent you know, with no off day after a, a really tough homestand with some of the tragedy that they as a team are dealing with again with, um, you know, Mart Budzinski's daughter who Julia, who was having her funeral today, which a lot of a large contingent of the blue Jays are at. So, you know, that's how a lot of them are spending their off day. Um, so maybe it was not fair of us to think, well, they're just going to, you know, roll through Oakland and roll through Seattle. Um, I don't, you know, I don't think we can necessarily say their entire skid is because of those some of the things. I think a lot of things are contributing it to it. Obviously, teams go through bad stretches. Like offenses, this happens to every team. Like, you know, offenses go cold for a week. And two weeks ago, maybe not even two weeks ago, 10 days ago or whatever it was, like the blue, we were talking about the Blue Jays being among the best offense in baseball. And they were still a very, very good offense. And the issue, particularly in Seattle, um, was, again, that not hitting runners in scoring position. They were getting guys on base. You know, they were loading the bases against Robbie Ray, and they got no runs in that situation. They they were two for 20 with runners in scoring position on that Friday night game. So, so obviously, they had the opportunity. They had guys on base. They weren't getting the, the timely hit, the big knock. Um, that they needed. And again, I think that people look at the way they started the season and saying, this team can't hit with runners in scoring position. Well, that's not true. Like early on, they were really bad at it. But then when their offense got going, they were hitting very well with runners in scoring position. You know, the, mm -hmm. as the offense got better, they started just hitting all the time. Like that's what good offenses it's do. It's almost like it's not a specific skill. <laughs> yes. And guys hit 
in clutch situations with men on base late in games like they hit when you zoom out a little bit. Mm -hmm. When the offense is going well and guys are hitting, they hit all the fucking time. They hit when there's nobody on. They hit when there's two outs. When the offense is doing nothing, when guys are scuffling, when their timing is off, when they're fighting injuries and they're not performing at the plate, they don't perform in the clutch. There's no magic wand that you can wave. If you're the manager, if they're the general manager, that turns good players into bad and bad players into good. There's no magic switch that goes off in their heads that says, oh, better hit better now it doesn't work like that and it's crazy to me that there are people who have watched more than one single baseball game in their life that somehow don't get this and they keep banging on and on with the same exhaustingly tired and easily disproven talking points over and over and over Got to like just the most mundane, inane garbage. Like, well, they got to fire up the boys. They're not really being very (laughs) serious. Like, Jesus Christ, watch a baseball season. Watch the season. You watch them every night. How have you not learned how any of this works? It's so maddening to me. They're not performing with the runners on because they're not performing at all. They're just not. There's no, there's no magic elixir that you can feed them that's going to turn them from being bad hitters to good hitters like that. It's just so crazy. I'm sorry, Caitlin. I, I hijacked this show <laughs> with this ill-advised and ill-planned rant. But, but, that's, but that, I mean, that's the thing. Like, that is, it, it just is how baseball works sometimes. And I understand mm-hmm. that it can be frustrating, but guess what? This game is a frustrating game. It's a game based on failure. A good hitter is a 300 hitter, which is, you know, still not getting hits the majority of the time. Like, you know, that's a lot of failure involved in just being a good hitter. Um, And good teams lose a lot of games. Good teams are going to lose 60 games. That's still a 100-win team. Every Uh, team in baseball loses 60 games. The good ones, the bad ones, and the middle ones. Yeah. So, I mean... Maybe we should just break it down. Like, the series in Seattle was bad. I get it. It was bad. If you pull back and you look at just the series in without sort of the context that's gone around, so, you know, without losing to the A's, without sort of tripping on their way out of Toronto and that um, homestand, they they played two pretty good, really good baseball games against the Mariners that honestly could have gone either way. And if that Friday game, if they had gotten the clutch hit again with like one of those situations where they had two, two of 20 um, in with runners in scoring position, if any of those hits had been sort of in a more timely fashion, then they probably would have come out winners of that game. They pitched really well in that game. Ross Stripling did good limiting damage, um, you know, getting through traffic on the bases, all these kinds of things. The next game, Robbie Ray, Manoa, go at it. Classic pitcher's duel. Manoa somewhat outpitched Robbie Ray. Um, It's just that when he gave up the home run, there was a guy on base. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was the difference. And, you know, unfortunately they they lost that game too and but those to me are two really good games and if the blue jays had you know had more of a lead on the mariners if they were in the first wild card spot if they had more of a cushion um you're looking at those games and you're maybe appreciating them for what they were very two very good baseball teams but within the context of the team right now the way that they're playing um the way that they played in the first half I understand why it's harder to look at those games and feel sort of like satisfied with them now people in the room guys that are baseball players, managers that have 
managed for their entire lives, like they can view those things a little differently because again, they live through baseball. They kind of know how a season goes. And so the read I got on that situation is, are the Blue Jays very disappointed in their road trip? Of course. Are they, you know, mad that they didn't, they got swept in Seattle? Of course. But I think also they were able to look at, especially the two games, the Friday and Saturday game and say, we played good baseball. We just lost two good baseball games. Um, But I think that it's, you know, I understand why you have to look at this road trip and say, it's very, very, very disappointing. Um, And I think it's that it's coming sort of at the tail end of the first half, which has been quite frankly, like a tenser, um, more complicated and frankly, like less fun, which is exactly what I wrote first half than I think we thought it was going to be. It just hasn't been easy for the Blue Jays. And I think even in their wins that a lot of those close games in April were, um, you know, tighter, uh, you know, it felt like they were playing these like, you know, playoff games early on in the season. They weren't easy wins. They really had to grind them out. Mm-hmm. And it's felt like that a lot this season. This season has felt like a bit of a grind. We'll be right back with more spin rate. But first, check this out. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Is the team built in a flawed fashion? Like, is this an inherently flawed team that we and those around the game, you know, and those of us who, who watch them closely, maybe overestimated the level at which they could can expect to play? You know, the, the, I think that, that it's very, you know, natural to think, but it's not fair to think, this is how like Vlad went off last year and like had a career year. That doesn't mean that he's going to, that is his new baseline for performance. And I think that the, the thing is when you look at the, the, a lot of the, the, the offensive players, you got to look at Teo, like the, the, the guys like Teoscar Hernandez, George Springer, Lourdes Guerrero Jr., Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And of course, you know, Bo Bichette, you're seeing guys who are not bad, but not performing as a, they have shown at, at, at times in the past, and B, not maybe what we would have expected or projected. So they're underperforming relative to their own standard, relative to the standard required of a team that's been built in this way. I think that the the Angel, the the sorry, the Mariners series in particular was is frustrating for fans to watch because the Mariners have what the Blue Jays don't. And they have big armed goons that come out of the bullpen and throw 102 miles an hour. 
And not only is that like a, why don't we have that? Which is a very fair question to ask. And lots of people are asking those questions. Like, why is it that so many of the other teams are able to develop these hard throwing relievers? Why do they, why are they able to find and, and help and refine these guys just so that they can come up and get out to the big league level? Very fair questions to ask. And I think the other side of that is that exact kind of pitcher is good to have because it makes good hitters look bad. And it, that kind of pitcher is the kryptonite of this Blue Jays offense because of the way that it's built, because it's got a lot of free swinging right-handed hitters who, when you, if you're missing, if you are, if you're leaving pitches over the plate, when they're all kind of, when things are firing on all cylinders, they look formidable, but we haven't really had that this year. As you said, as, as you, you so elegantly said, like they ground out a lot of wins in April and that was great. And at the time, and still today we're like, well, you know, bank those wins. And then when the offense starts to click, They'll start to stack these wins up and the pitching will come into its own and they'll make an addition here or there, but they haven't done it yet, right? The offense clicked for a few weeks, but now it's again, sort of underperforming. There's, you know, we're starting to hear, you know, Springer misses back-to-back games and then Vlad's skipping this because his wrist is something he's always going to have to manage. And then, and then whatever else is going on, Teoscar Hernandez gets hot, but never has, hasn't like pushed himself up to that next level. They're not hitting as many home runs as I think they would have expected they, you know, as you said, it hasn't looked easy, and that's what we expected. I think we expected them to run people over like they did in the month of like August and September of 2021. We expect them to run people over like they did in in 2015. This team was had a lot of expectations, a lot, and the, the team has a lot of expectations, and and they haven't performed at that level yet. But I think the other thing to remember is it is still just July, right? There mm-hmm. are 80 games left, are there not? 79 games 70, left to play. 75, 75. 75 damn all right so that's time is of the essence it's not early anymore but uh but yeah i think that 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 there are concerns and questions about the the flaws in the team the lack of maybe the lack of balance the the kind of same sameness of the hitters um the the just the sheer fact that maybe these guys are underperforming because they have been figured out a little bit because of because of their their approach is so balls of the wall so maybe it makes with a bit more study, with a bit more time, with the change in the ball, makes the Bichettes and Teoscar Hernandez is a bit easier to pitch to. Lourdes Guerrero has made some interesting adjustments this year, but it doesn't make him, make him that much more productive. He's just hitting, striking out less and hitting and hitting fewer home runs. Um, and then Vlad is just like, oh, still a really, really good player, but not hitting like the best hitter in baseball, which you know he seems like capable of doing. Um, and then there's just the the lack of pitching, you know, from injury, from underperformance, from Again, a, a different approach that's contrary to like what is we see around the league right now. It's put them in a in, in a tough spot. And 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 while again, I I don't I don't get the people who are trying to call the cops on the Blue Jays essentially and being like arrest this man. Um, I, I I do think that there are questions to ask about like is this you know the team as we see it right now is not the team that's going to win the World Series. What are where are the changes that need to be made, and like what do we make of the first half? Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe you know the what they see and what they're measuring on the inside is like Teoscar is just about to break out, and Bo is Bo, and he's a five win player, and he's like a well above average middle infielder um, at at the plate. So so that's just a matter of time. But given the state of the league, with the, again with the Orioles coming up, and the Red Sox, and the Rays, and the Jays, and the, yeah, like it's it's not beyond the realm of possibility that all five teams in the American League East could have winning records. I mean, I think it is beyond the realm of possibility just because they play each other so much. But if they split them all, everybody's 500 against everybody else. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, I don't know. It's um, 
it's I think th- th- there are a lot of fair questions to ask, but I also think that there are a lot of unfair questions and unfair accusations being cast at the Blue Jays in the way that the team is, oper- is played and operated. Yeah. Okay. Well, so one of the things too, it gives me pause about the offense is like, I feel like maybe even you and I, like two weeks ago, we were, you made the point. You're like, w- like, where are you going to put another bat in this lineup? You know, there's nowhere to put another bat because you've got Kirk and you've got, um, you know, maybe I understand maybe swapping one left-handed bat for another. Like if you could get someone who did different skills than Biggio or Tapia does, like that mm. would be better. But I also feel like, again, it, like two, three weeks ago, we were saying, well, this offense is fine. It's the best in baseball. And, you know, I don't even, if you were going to add, I don't even know where you would add because where are you going to slot them in? Like, I think mm-hmm. that, I think that we are, I'm trying not to be a bit of a prisoner of the moment in terms of the offense, because, I think that early on um, there was probably some reasonable expectation that they were going to start slow because offense around baseball was slow. Um, They had a shorter spring training. All these things sort of like led to a slower offensive start for them. Um, And I'm not saying the offense isn't flawed. I I get it. Like, and I get that they're too right-handed. I get that they're free swinging. I get that that's easy to figure out. Also like their kryptonite is kind of everyone's kryptonite. Like as if, like there's a ton of players out there that are like great at hitting you know 90 mile an hour and a 92 mile an hour slider that he throws three quarters of the time yeah like we're we're not exactly saying like the blue jays you know can't Mm -hmm. hit fastballs or can't hit the breaking ball we're saying of the of the elite fastballs and of the elite breaking balls which you don't see very often yeah they're not very good against that but not many teams are Mm -hmm. um so that's what gives me pause about the offense is I just think that, like, has it been inconsistent? Yes. Has it been more inconsistent than you want? Yes. But if I'm looking at this team and I'm thinking, where, where am I most concerned? Where am I looking at? I'm really not spending a ton of time on the offense because I think even if you were to say, let's, you know, make some tweaks to the offense, I don't think they're huge tweaks either. Um, again, like, would you like a more powerful left-handed bat? Sure. I think that would be a good fit. You know, maybe the Blue Jays should have gone more for Schwarber or whoever it was in the offseason. Maybe that would have fit their roster better. Mm-hmm. Um, I I totally get that. Um, but I just am looking back and saying t- two weeks ago, people were saying, no need to get a lefty bat. There's nowhere to put him because we've, we've got Kirk and, you know, we've got to use our three catchers for the DH spots and all this kind of stuff. So I'm trying not mm-hmm. to be too much of a prisoner in the moment while acknowledging that, yeah, the offense has been frustrating this last week. Um, it is not the weak spot on this team. And I think you have to look at the pitching, which is of the most concern. And obviously I wrote this piece last night, kind of looking at what areas of, con- uh, of the roster are you most concerned? And honestly, I put, you know, I put starting pitching kind of actually a little higher than the bullpen. And my reasoning for that is because I guess I look at the bullpen and thought this was always going to be an area where they need to get better and it was never supposed to be the strength of the team. And so while the concern there, I think, is like moderate to high, like it's it's not great. But I think the starting pitching to me has been so much more disappointing than you wanted it to be. Kevin Gosman and Alec Manoa have been great, but you also have two-fifths of the rotation who have been among the worst starters in the American League of qualified arms. I think Barrios is the worst. And if you remove the qualifying tag, 
Kikuchi's right there with him. It's, mm-hmm. Kikuchi doesn't even qualify because he hasn't thrown enough innings because he can't. Because he, he doesn't get he, enough outs. He, he doesn't get enough <laughs> outs. So I think that to me, that's kind of what I was thinking of um, how to view it is the other con- the other major concern for the starting rotation is that there's really no depth. There's no depth. They have had to run out Casey Lawrence and good on him for throwing on short rest and being there for the Blue Jays, but he's not the answer. We know he's not the answer. Thomas Hatch certainly was not the answer. I think Anthony Kay is throwing in Dunedin right now. He's coming back from an injury. I don't even really know where he his status is at, and he's probably not going to be the answer either. He's not even a starter anymore, is he? I don't. I've kind of lost track. He's been just injured this whole year. Um, mm. And I think he, he was he, technically a starter in spring training. And I think they were stretching him out, but like he's not the answer. And then you have Castillo no. who, who has given you um, some really good outings again on Sunday, pitching mm. on fairly short rest. He did everything you want. And I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm, I'm not saying that he can't be a guy. Certainly he's shown some signs that he can be a guy. Um, he was really, he's had great numbers in the minors. He's risen up the system. All these types of things are good, but he's also 23 and has 15 innings in the major leagues. And mm-hmm. so I'm he's done, just, he's done everything you could ever ask of him. And of course, but, of course. but again, that's not a guy that you, you're going to be like, guess what? You're the guy. And also, even if he's a guy, that is literally your only depth at the moment. So if mm-hmm. anything goes wrong, if Kevin Gosman goes out on Tuesday and realizes I can't push off my foot, you've got no one like you've got no one behind him because you have Kikuchi on the aisle with a quote unquote neck strain, which we know is code for I can't locate my fastball. And left neck shittiness. Yeah. <laughs> and you're you're already using Ross Stripling as your basically third starter mm-hmm. at this point. Um and I'm putting Dorios behind him. Mm-hmm. And, like I just I I am concerned about the starting rotation because I view it as very paper thin right now. Even if we've seen signs of it getting better, it is just so paper thin right now. And also, if you're looking at like sort of the trade market, there is going to be a lot more relievers available. They are, you know, most selling teams will have some relievers available. Even some teams that are kind of like on the bubble might have relievers available. You might see teams like Seattle Mariners, for example, last year, um, like traded Kendall Graveman in a sort of like weird swap in a um, weird version of like brand suicide where like it's just pissed yes. off the fans it, and the players yes at least Abraham Toro sucks at least that's they, they can they can I yes. take solace in that but he speaks French so they got to make a really funny all-star video um but anyway so I'm just saying that relief help at the deadline yeah. is a little bit like it's not I'm not mm. saying it's an easy commodity to get like the Blue Jays still got to search they still got to get it but when I look at the bullpen I see a group that I knew would be flawed that I think has looked worse because of the deficiencies that we didn't expect in the starting rotation. The fact that they've had to pitch a lot, the fact that, you know, Barrios has not gone deep in so many starts that Kikuchi has not gone deep in so many starts um, that they have no depth that they've had to have these bullpen days. I think that that's exposed the bullpen a little bit more. Um, And so that's why I sort of look at the starting pitching. I mean, they're both issues starting. They're, they're both big issues. They're both big concerns right now, Mm -hmm. but yeah, like to me, I, I hear so much about, you know, you got to figure, you got to fix the bullpen. You got to fix the bullpen. I agree. I totally agree with that, but I'm just still looking in the starting rotation and thinking like, I think you, you have to make a pretty big move at the deadline to shore up this rotation. I think that, well, let me ask you. Okay. Is, 
Well, let me ask Pancakes as well. <laughs> Pancakes wants his say. What is? What does he think of the pitching situation? Pancakes, she doesn't think much of it. Well, Pancakes, I think Pancakes is pretty down to earth when it comes to that, which is there's no team in baseball that is built, even the Dodgers aren't built to, to, to sustain something like what the Blue Jays have gone through. If you think that, that as any team that can, that can have their number one, their opening day starter be the worst pitcher in baseball, you know, completely against type, completely against you know, all projections, everything you would ever think of him, you wouldn't be like, he's going to just get smashed almost every, not every time out, but, but, um, you know, just put so much extra pressure on the rest of the, of the rest of the staff, even though, as we talked about before, the Blue Jays are, I think 12 and five and Barrios starts maybe 12 and six now. Um, uh, so like they're not, they're winning in spite of him. And then the Kikuchi thing to have gone completely like, uh, you know, sideways and then to lose Ryu, which again you can't have expected too much out of Ryu, and then now to have Gosman have to have, have his start skipped, moved along twice. Um, who, what team can, in, what good team in baseball can can survive that? I think we, you know, there's so much has been made about the about the Yankees um, starting ro- rotation, about the Yankees pitching, but like how many starters have the Yankees even used this year? I'm going to guess it's they've had less than seven starting pitchers take the hill. Um, so that's a great way to to do things really well. Oh my gosh, they've had eight. Who's who's Clark Schmidt? Honestly, the Yankees. Uh, but but like you know, health and 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 good performance, it's invaluable. And the Blue Jays haven't had it. So to get start when you start diving down eight nine deep, it's tough. And and obviously Nate Pearson sort of somehow fits into that a little bit. But mm-hmm. again, as we've said on this show before expecting anything from Nate Pearson as opposed to hoping for something from Nate Pearson is craziness. So I agree with you that, that, that uh, the starting pitching is the biggest issue. The pitching in general is the biggest issue. Um, so anything that the Blue Jays can do to address that, I think the offense is going to be fine. It's so funny because as you, I, I think I really like the way you worded it with the prisoner of the moment. Cause I was like looking, I'm on fan graphs. I'm like looking at the Blue Jays stats over the last two weeks. So over the last two weeks, the Jays, one of the Jays worst hitters is Matt Chapman over the last seven days. One of the Jays best hitters is Matt Chapman. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's just that that's how quickly it can change because it's, it's, you know, literally. Like, yeah. So, you know, Matt Chapman is a, has a 77 one rate weighted runs created plus over the last two weeks. And then a uh, 146 over the last seven days. Well, he was and, really good in Oakland. And then mm-hmm. he didn't play, um, I guess, one of those games in Seattle, the most recent game. Um, mm-hmm. But I think he had a couple hits in Seattle. He was not great on the Saturday night game because mm-hmm. I thought he struck out at least twice against Ray and maybe another time as well. He did strike out with the bases loaded against Ray. It was a yeah. tough at bat. Ray pitched him pretty well. He got them with that fastball up, which is... You know, because he keeps throwing that slider to his back foot and then goes with the fastball up. It's tough. Yeah. And like, but that's, and I think that that's why I'm sort of not moving very quickly on the offense being a concern because it, it's still a stacked offense. It's still a team that honestly has been good at making the adjustment. People were really worried at first that they weren't walking enough and they were swinging it. Um, you know, a lot of pitches, well, 
you know, since mid-May or whatever, they are back up to sort of walking at the rate that they did last year, which isn't mm-hmm. a ton because they just make a ton of contact. They're not ever going to be a team that walks a lot because they just make a ton of contact. That's how they get on base. Mm-hmm. Um, and generally speaking, making contact is good. Like putting balls in play is good. Like it's, yeah, you don't want to, you know, swing at bad pitches and weekly ground out all the time. But um, the Blue Jays do have a successful form- formula in what they've done. And they don't they don't actually strike out a lot. And again, that's because they swing and they make a lot of contact. But this idea that they're like this unprofessional team that can't make adjustments is, you know, as you I think you kind of alluded to this earlier rant um, in the earlier rant you had is that that's, you know, it's really not how baseball is. And if you've watched this Blue Jays team for any length of time, more than just one single game where you maybe mm-hmm. saw Vlad swing at a slider out of the zone, um, you know that this is a talented offense that does make adjustments that um, that is, you know, that is a tough out. Like they're, you know, they're not always easy outs or they're not a high strikeout team. Um, they put up good at bats. Um, they, you know, they are a good offensive team. And the -hmm. reason why we know they're a good offensive team is because for six, eight weeks or whatever it was, they were among the best offensive teams in baseball. And even overall in the season, I think they're still in the top 10 and that's taking into account some of these slumps that they've had. Um, and I think the, you know, the other thing that I want to say, um, maybe about the first half, but also sort of where I view their situation. Again, I kind of wrote this as where they are in the standings. um, It's kind of both um, a missed opportunity and it's also a bit of a blessing. So it's a missed opportunity because you would have liked for the Blue Jays to have risen to the top of that second tier. Uh, I'm sort of putting the Astros and the Yankees in a different category. They are obviously the heavy front runners of the American League right now. And the mm. Yankees are playing at such a historic pace that I, I don't even know that anyone could have predicted. And even if your best case scenario, the Blue Jays, I'm not sure that you're like, oh, they're going to be the best team that's ever played the game. Like, So like, let's put the Yankees and the Astros at the top and say the Blue Jays could have been a team that rose to the top of that next tier that at least gave distance themselves from some of these other teams that have been a bit plagued by inconsistencies. The Red Sox, the Rays have had a ton of injuries. Uh, the Mariners have obviously had some inconsistencies. They've just gone on a roll recently. The angels have been a total mess. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would have hoped that the blue Jays could have taken advantage of the, their surroundings around them and thought, well, you know, we're going to at least be the best of this next tier. They haven't been able to do that. They've just been among the teams that are as inconsistent as the rest of them, right? Like they've, mm-hmm. they've had some good stretches, like the Red Sox had some good stretches. They've had some bad stretches, like the Red Sox have had some bad stretches. So I would say it's a missed opportunity, but it's also sort of a blessing because, because of all these other teams around them haven't been able to pull away either. So they're looking mm-hmm. at after the worst week they've had in the season, more than a week, um, they are exactly two and a half games out of the top wildcard spot. Again, and the team leading is Boston, um, who they have played really well against, and they have a ton of games left. Well, not a ton of games left, but they have a handful of games left against um, the Red Sox. And they are in third, tied with the Mariners, and I think the Rays are still in there, which is yeah. wild because they just got swept by the Reds, and they, have ha- they are having all kinds of issues. So – their situation, the standings, could it be better? A hundred percent, it could be better. You wish that it was better if you're a fan of this team, but could it be worse? Absolutely, it could be way worse. If anything, mm-hmm. the Blue Jays 
you know, whether it's luck or whatever, but as we said earlier on, they've banked enough wins and they've grinded out enough wins that they have put themselves in a spot where they are at least still within striking distance of a wild card spot. I heard someone today talk about how the Blue Jays just have to aim for the third wild card spot, where it's like, realistically, uh, they're still well within reach of the first wild card spot. You're absolutely right. The, the Blue Jays are only a game behind the race. The, yes, the Blue Jays are a game. Which would be the second wild card spot. Exactly, and and they're in the mix. And and with, as you mentioned, the the White Sox, like you know, it's just it's the frustrations are are obvious. The frustrations are easy. I I think that the reactions and like the calls for this everyone's job, I think, are way an overreaction because mm-hmm. it is only July. If it's August and the Blue Jays are are you know continuing to underperform, continuing to, and, and are on the outside looking in. Because I think you can't have it both ways, right? Are you a process person or are you a results person? Because the results are, aren't, the results don't warrant someone losing their job. No, they've the been results- in a playoff spot basically since April until now. And they still are, again, they've had the worst week of their season and they're mm-hmm. still in a playoff spot. Like mm-hmm. I, I have a hard time when people say this is a, this is an awful team. Like you can't work in binaries like that regardless in baseball a lot mm. of the times with such ebbs and flows over the season but also you can't look at the blue jays and look at them amongst the sort of second best tier of the american league and and say that they're a bad team are they a flawed team yes as are the red Sox. as are the Rays. as are a lot of teams a lot of teams aren't flawless as are the astros look who the astros get to play every day yep. the astros schedule is a joke more spin rate coming up right after these words from our sponsors. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. One thing I'm going to keep my eye on, and I think I saw Mike Petriello talking about this recently, which is that they are going to update the expected weighted on base numbers that, you know, the expected figures for uh, on StatCast are going to get updated over the All-Star break. So it's going to kind of bring it more in line with reality. Um, 
But I think no matter how you slice it, inconsistent as they are, in unable because of their the current state of, of the offense, the way they're being pitched, whatever it is for them to deliver when they need it most, um, the Blue Jays are still at worst a top five offense in baseball. At worst, yes. With even with Vlad performing like a human being, even with Bo underperforming, with Lourdes Gurriel Jr. being you know producing okay on balance, you know with in a still a very Gurriel like up and down and 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 Tay Oscar and on and on and on and giving all these at bats to Tapia and Matt Chapman being um, you know it lo- again for me Matt Chapman it looks everything looks good except the slash line right everything looks good except uh, except uh, how he's actually produced so you either say well, Chapman's bad and this is who he's going to be and he's a league average guy at best and, and whatever. Or you say everything else suggests that he's like just ready to break out or he's ready to just continue to climb up. And all those things, all those things will add up. I think that, um, again, the roster, I was asked on the radio the other day about the Matt Chapman trade. Like, would you do it? Would, would you undo it? And this was before he kind of went off in Oakland. And I was like, absolutely not. You know, like that, this is a great, it's a great deal because now you have es- uh, Kevin Biggio and Santiago Espinal being able to A, fight each other for at-bats and fill in as required. They're not, you're not asking either of them to do a job that they're not suited to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everyone loves, everyone, everyone, <laughs> talk about short memories. Whenever Kevin Biggio has one of those like sprints where he goes nuts, it's just like, I want, I want an apology from everybody who could criticize Kevin Biggio. And then it's like, he has, doesn't even, his last week has been dreadful and everybody goes quiet, quiet. But he's in a really good role right now, I think, Biggio, even though he ha- is like whatever, one for his last 18. Um, he's, cause he can pop in and do the things he does well. He plays a nice first base. He runs fast. He runs the base as well. He can draw the walk sometimes, most of the time. Uh, and same with Espinal, right? Espinal has been so good and he's so, he's, you know, again, maybe not the guy you want to give an everyday job. You want if the best, you can put those guys into good positions to succeed. And if the manager's not doing that, then maybe you want to fire him. But I don't think that you could say that about the manager right now. I think that the first half of the Blue Jays is one of frustration, but I think, again, it, you don't even have to look back in history. The team that won the World Series last year was like <laughs> below 500 at the All-Star break. They were a mess. And they made one or two key additions. They didn't blow their brains out. They didn't blow it up. They didn't fire the general manager. They didn't fire uh, the manager. They, you can look around and be like, look at the talent we've got here. And, and the, the question that we asked before is still relevant now. And, and I, I, you know, if I, if you, even no matter what you think about, about Lourdes Guriel and Teoscar Hernandez, you know, upgrading on either one of those guys, or if you say, okay, well, we're going to keep one and upgrade on the other and move, use him to, like that's hard to do. Who's gonna? Who is an upgrade on on Teoscar Hernandez? People are critical of him, un- understandably so. They don't like his vibe, which is like the craziest thing in the world. But the guy on my baseball team was like, he'd be, he'd, I'd be mad. I would, I'd be mad if he was throwing seeds on me all the time. I'm like, what's wrong with you? They're sunflower seeds. It's great. Look at his smile. He's such a winning dude. Anyway, I think I, whether are the Blue Jays going to be fine? I don't know, but it's a mistake and reckless and foolish. To look at this little snapshot and say, like, this team is irreparably broken. So heads need to roll and they need to clear house or they need to make a series of moves that's going to change the, the trajectory of the organization. I think that would be I don't think that that's fair. I don't think that that's accurate. And I don't think that's a good use of anybody's time. And speaking of vibe, I've seen this a few times and I don't want to offend I don't know where people are getting this opinion from. I'm not sure if it comes from maybe a more hockey inclined brain but 
the idea that the Blue Jays need to be devoid of personality to be a good team, it's just not, is not the case, okay? This is, the, the, the fact that the Blue Jays laugh and smile and have a good time, that is just the personality of the guys that are on the team. And trust me, if you go and tell George Springer, stop laughing and stop having fun, and Vlad, stop laughing and stop having fun, and telling Teoscar he can't have a good time, that's not going to be a good thing for the Blue Jays. Like, that is not the recipe for success. They play, and in fact, I've talked to people around the team, and they say that, like, they actually play better when they're loose and they're having fun because that is who they are. They are at their most themselves when they're having a good time. And by the way, it's not as if it's the, the entire team. You're, if you're if anyone's around Bo all the time, you know that dude is like one of the most serious, intense guys that you have ever been around on a baseball team. Matt Chapman, very intense. So actually, like I understand the team, the, the team cameras usually catch the few guys because. Mm-hmm. TV product is an entertainment. So they're catching the guys that are just looking fun and having a good time. That is just what the TV is catching. But trust me when I say the Blue Jays, the personality of their team is kind of a very healthy and I think um, very good mix of different personalities that make this team work. There are really intense guys. Bo's really intense. Um, You know, Chapman's intense. Espinal likes to have a good time, but he's pretty serious too. Bijou is very intense. Like there's a lot of the, the, it's, it's just the personality of the team. You, you want to say something. <laughs> I agree with you very much. And I think that it's so, it's stupid to me. And like, it's just not like, I don't, I don't want to scold people for, for being passionate. And, yeah, and, exactly. and people are passionate, but there's a difference between being passionate and being reactionary and being knee jerk. And then just like spouting stuff off that's not grounded in reality. So when you see Bo Bichette, or sorry, if you watch that YouTube game and you see George Springer singing, uh, uh, since you've been gone in the, in the dugout, or he's talking to Santiago Espinal about cookies or whatever they were talking about. People are like, they need to be more serious. They need to get, they need to be more professional. They need to take their job a a lot more seriously. That is an insult to those guys because the game is played between seven and 10 PM. Most nights, you know, the, the game requires an unbelievable amount of focus, attention, but most importantly, it requires preparation. And if you think that George Springer, as you taught, you said last week, he loves to sing. He's always singing all the time, everywhere you go. If you think George Springer singing in the dugout is taking away from the time that George Springer spends watching video or in the cage or power shagging or working on conditioning or getting his body that he knows so well ready to play as many games as he can and he's playing as many as we've ever seen him play this year if you think that the fact that he sings erases all of the work that is done before the game you're a fool and if you think that because Vlad puts on a coat or because Teoscar Hernandez throws seeds in the air that they're not in the cage working they're not tinkering with their swing they're not doing the things the work that they are required to do you don't you think that they're not at the ballpark at noon when the game starts at seven and then before they leave at at at, uh you know close to midnight or 11 o'clock most nights you're 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 doing them a disservice you're 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 shortchanging these guys who are the best of the best in a very 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 competitive field so the fact that they laugh and joke a few of them to your point it doesn't mean that they're not doing their job. It doesn't mean that they're not professional. Look, if you want to cheer for the Yankees, just say it. Just say, I want to go cheer for the Yankees and go and do it. Go cheer for, 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 for joyless scolds who aren't even allowed to have goddamn beards in 2022. <laughs> go cheer for Brett Gardner. Love it. Go enjoy it. But, but, but don't, don't, don't project what your, your own weird 
fetishes onto a team that's just legitimately guys having fun when the moment allows it. They're not dancing and carrying on when they lose. And, and to, as just like you said, they're not happy that they're, that they're losing. But if you're a professional baseball player, you have to be able to flush it. Otherwise, it'll eat you alive. This game, the competitive, the stakes are high. They are doing what they can to make themselves better today, tomorrow, and the day after. And they do it every single day. So to me, the idea that the, because they laugh, because they have fun, because they've got routines and, and handshakes and all that stuff is crazy. Because, you know, I, I don't even see it, but, but I know that it happens, these, that these guys are doing all of that work for hours before every single game. And they play 162 games in 180 days. If you don't think that they're doing work in that time, because you see them in the 15 second clip with the one guy's got his arm around another or they're laughing or they're talking about something, you're crazy. You're crazy and you're, and you're blowing it. Yeah. And Vlad, like, I got to say, like, he's one of the most emotional, passionate, team first guys that I've ever seen. The reason why Vlad has so much emotion when he plays is because he cares so much. Why he leans into having a good time when they're winning because he loves winning so much and he hates losing. That's why you saw him so emotional in those Red Sox games when he was, you know, at the plate getting the walk-off hits, winning like he wants to win. I promise you there is no other guy. Well, this whole team hates losing, as you say. They hate losing. But I promise you, like, Vlad is, he takes the game as, he lives and breathes baseball a lot of the times. Obviously, he has other interests. He has family, he has friends and stuff. But, like, he just cares so much about winning. He plays every game. You know, there's not many, I don't know the exact numbers, but there's not many guys that have played more baseball, more games than Vlad has in the last three seasons. He mm -hmm. wants to be in every game. He wants to play 162. The only reason he doesn't is he understands that sometimes he needs to rest, especially this year with him battling that wrist thing. The other thing I wanted to mention in the context of this thing is your friend and mine, Andrew Stoughton, wrote a really good thing last week. I'm not sure if you've read it, but he did a really good sort of like a uh, thousand foot view overview of like how we get how teams get to the postseason. And I think that sometimes in our memory, we just look back and say 2015, 2016, those are playoffs teams. It was, it was, they were just good. They were playoff teams. But when you pull back and you like look at that season, there were terrible stretches in 2016. 2016 was a huge grind. 2015, we know they were not a very good team in terms of like win loss record before the uh, trade deadline. So mm -hmm. when we kind of remember playoff teams, I think you just sort of remember that they got to the playoffs and they were in the playoffs and both those teams did well in the playoffs. They got to the ALCS um, and especially the 2015 team um, could have won. Obviously if the world series didn't get canceled that year, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. a shame, but, uh, but you know, I think that the point was really good and I would recommend reading it. It came out last week. Um, so I'm sure you can check, um, you know, his um, Substack stack or .com. yeah. Or just go to his Twitter um, feed mm -hmm. and, and look for it. But anyway, I thought it was a really good view of just like, you know, he pulled out so many names, so many stretches of that 2016 team where you didn't even, you know, you, you think of that team and we're thinking, well, that was the rotation was really strong, but there were some guys in that group that made some starts and there were some bullpen arms in that group that you're like, this guy pitched for them. And they're, you know, like they, you look at those two seasons and um, it was a grind to get there. I think that Stone even pulled out like a fact that they really, I can't remember if it was the 2015 or 2016, 
may have been the 2016 team, really um, scuffled in September. Like they had a really bad September. They kind of scuffled um, early on as well. They had a bad, they kind of limped to the all-star break or something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. And so anyway, that was a really good view. And I think that that's important to keep in mind that, um, you know, there's some teams that just, you know, the Dodgers are one of those teams where it's like, it's sometimes they enter the season and it's like, how much are we going to win the division by? Like, they're just that good teams. Mm -hmm. But a lot of playoff teams, you mentioned the Braves a little bit earlier, like a lot of teams are like that. Like, it's a bit of a grind to get to the playoffs. Um, That's just how baseball works. There are things you can't foresee. And that Blue Jays 2016 team was was an uh, an example that I kind of had in my back of my head as a team that, that, uh, the offense was way worse than we remember. You know, I think we kind of equate 2015 to 2016. The 2016 offense was not great. The 2016 pitching and defense was terrific. Mm-hmm. But they famously, of course, only had used seven starters all year long. Yeah. yeah. They had health and they had performance. You know, the, they weren't they weren't battling the things that the Blue Jays are battling. They weren't trying to replace uh, uh, guys because they were missing starts with injury or because of underperformance. And, and again, look, I don't think that – I think that – I don't want it to seem like we're kind of making, uh, we're not, I don't think we're making excuses for the Blue Jays. I don't want to make excuses for the Blue Jays. They haven't performed as well as the team as constructed should have performed. They've yes. lost games they should have won. There are, there are those, the glaring, um, deficiencies in the bullpen. Yeah. And then the ones that have come up in the starting rotation as a result of just pure underperformance. Um, the old, maybe relying too much on the pitching staff magic to make Kikuchi into a, a guy who was a, who was, I say that even if he was just as bad as he was last year, he probably would be better than he, than what he's, how he's performed right now. It's been I, a disappointing first half. I think that it's that been is a disappointing first half. Fair. Absolutely. Against expectations and against when you look at the lineup and you see what they've got. I don't think that, that you can, anyone could have predicted, even if Jose Barrios didn't, you know, produce that. Just below an average Jose Barrios level of production, worse than he performed in the Blue Jays, obviously, and worse than he performed over the you know the long haul with with Minnesota. It's we're probably having a different conversation. You know, even, you know, Trevor Richards, Julian Merriweather, all these different things, these different games that kind of went away. Um, they all count, and and I know that everyone's you know specifically or or are highly attuned to a given game, given the way that last season. F- finished and how and how they you know just missed out by the one game of getting into a you know a weird multi-game playoff scenario but i i think that there are there are there are changes that can be made that can affect the how the team performs i think that if if you know bullpen upgrades rotation upgrades uh i don't i don't think that that the Blue Jays will, I don't know if spare any expense, but as we've spoken about before, now is the time to pony up to get those things that you need. And if mm-hmm. that means paying, you know, full freight for a high octane reliever, somebody who stands out in your bullpen, or similar to Jordan Romano, who throws really hard, who is really difficult to hit, who could just give you another, another option like that back there. Um, I, I, I think this is the time to do it. If they don't make any moves, if the Blue Jays do just sort of, attempt to ride it out i think that would be a mistake as well that would be a serious mistake because this is a team that has all the tools all the pieces to to go and compete for and win a world series um it's just a matter of 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 kind of tightening up and and seeing if you can get more out of a couple starters and seeing if how best you can manage the off the underperformance of some of the others let's end on the positives of this weekend which mm-hmm. were some all-star selections were named. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kirk and Vladdy 
were voted in by the fans. They'll be starters. Mm -hmm. And then Alec Noah Mm -hmm. um, as... And um, George Springer. Well-deserved. Well-deserved for Alec Manoa. Of course, yeah. And I'm really glad that Alec Manoa got in because Mm -hmm. I think, like, last year when the Blue Jays had so many position player starters, I think some of their pitchers got overlooked a little bit. Like, Robbie Mm -hmm. Gray wasn't an all-star. Jordan Romano was having a good year. He didn't didn't get selected again, Jordan Romano, so he's a bit of a snub, I think. But Mm -hmm. um, relievers, it's hard to get in as a reliever. Um, But Alec Manoa, totally well-deserved. Obviously, I think he's – I don't think he'll be the starter uh, because I think that – Maybe it's Shohei Otani, or like you want to do something a little bit more. Ooh, Maybe it's let's yeah. go. <laughs> uh, or um, McClanahan obviously has been really, really good for the Rays, but um, it's the All Star Game. Put a star out there, not an <laughs> asset. Sorry, but anyway, the um, you know four good selections for the Blue Jays. I guess we'll kind of see if George Springer goes. I think some Blue Jays fans would have liked to see him not selected so that he could get a week off. Did he, um, let, let me ask you this: Did George Springer deserve to be an All Star? <laughs> You know what? It's he. I think he's been stru- struggling the last little bit here, and his numbers have kind of gone down a little bit. I also don't know what the outfield picture is in the American League. Like, I think there's maybe some guys that um, haven't. Oops. Um, there's, there's some guys that haven't performed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean. By wins above replacement, he's uh, by on Fangraphs, he's seventh among American League outfielders. Uh, by weighted runs created plus, he's tenth. Um, that's not so bad, but it's also like pretty fringy. I think. Uh, I I don't know. I haven't seen exactly who's on the team. Okay, well, number one, our, our John, is John Carlos Stanton an outfielder? Is is Michael Brantley truly an outfielder? Um, if, does who did Julio get to go? Is he going? Is, was he named? I think he was. Goddamn right. What a stud. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, count me among the Blue Jays who's like, maybe just stay home, George. Just just kick it. Just kick it for a couple of days. Uh, not a bad thing. Also, one other question I've just tracked back in my mind. I'll uh, A quick quick trivia question for you. Um, how many players in baseball have played more games than, than Vladimir Guerrero Jr. since the start of the 2020 COVID season? I'm going to say one. I'm going to say zero. Okay, because I was going to say, how many pl- is Marcus Simeon up there? Because I just remember he plays a ton. It's um, uh, what's his name, uh, Darby Swanson. Okay, and Vlad have both played three hundred and seven games since the beginning of the beginning. Dansby Swanson, not Darby. Um, where is Marcus Simeon? Is ninth. He's played two ninety seven. So Vlad has played in ten more games than Simeon. Oh yeah, I guess Simeon missed some time in that twenty twenty season. He had some injury, I think, for a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, yeah, the All Star thing will be fun. I, I think a lot of people are mad about the jerseys that they have, like special All Star jerseys, as opposed to um, you wearing their their own regular jerseys as they have done uh, had done historically for the All Star game. Which I guess I get at the other time, other side. I'm like, mm, I don't know. I think when the, the when when everybody is wearing a different jersey in baseball, it lays bare the fact that you probably don't even really need to wear a jersey in baseball. It's like if you're in the field, you can wear whatever you want. You know, you'd like it doesn't really matter. But anyway. Pancakes, pancakes, is, pancakes is, is our internal alarm clock. Pancakes is saying we got we should shut it down. Yeah, show's done. The um, show is done. Okay. Well, this was a good chat. It was a good chat. I thank for everyone for listening. I know it's a it's a trying time. If you are when you have those passions running high, when you are so frustrated watching the Blue Jays lose giveaway games in your in your mind when they seem eminently winnable, uh, when you're getting beat your brains beaten by Carlos Santana of all people, when you can't get a hit off of Cole Irvin, um, but I, I, I think that 
that any changes would be would be changes for the sake of change, and I can't see how they were going to make the team better, and which is well all anybody wants. If you're a fan and you're listening to this, and I assume that you are, you want the team to be better. So what can you do to make what what can the Blue Jays do to make their team better? And I think that the, those those steps that they can take are pretty clear. Um, they have and us whining about it and and people and all of us complaining about it on Twitter or on Reddit or wherever we are. Um, the Blue Jays front office has already been down every single one of those roads, I'm sure, and they're going to look to make the team to make the moves that they think is are the best to put the team in a position to win because that's what this this 2022 Blue Jays are here to do is to win. So they haven't won as many games as anyone would have liked, but I think that they are in a, not a bad position moving forward unless. You know, unless the sky really is falling and they only have one good starting pitcher for the rest of the year, then they're pretty much out of luck. And you, we are, they, they are out of luck. We'll be out of luck. We're out of time. So for Caitlin McGrath, my name is Drew Fairservice. We will talk to you again later this week with another edition, hopefully after a couple wins of Spinners.